You're listening to the Imperfect Pursuit Podcast and today's episode is such a fun episode because I got to interview Kendra Smalls from the Girl Means Business Podcast. Kendra only interviewed myself yesterday for her podcast, Girl Means Business, and today it was super fun to be able to interview her. I have listened to her podcast for quite some time and it is such a good show. I can definitely recommend it as another business podcast and it was such an honor to be able to interview her. So to tell you a little bit about who Kendra is... Kendra is a wife, mum of two, photographer and educator. In 2012, she started her first business, Paisley Lane Photography, and everything changed. What started as a hobby alongside her teaching career quickly turned into a successful business. In 2017, she left her teaching career behind to run her photography business full-time and start the Girl Means Business Coaching Program and Podcast. She now helps women take their business from survival mode to success mode using the same relationship marketing strategy that have been the foundations for her own business success. It is such a great conversation. We talk about the no like trust factor, which I'm sure you have heard a million and one times, but it is so wonderful to hear Kendra's perspective on what this means. And she shares some really valuable and actionable tips to help you implement the no like trust factor across your social media and your website. So if you have some kind of personal brand or you're running a small business and want to be able to connect more with your audience to convert those people into paying customers, I think this episode is really going to be helpful. So without further ado, let's dive into this interview with Kendra Swalls. Hey, welcome to the Imperfect Pursuit Podcast. My name is Sarah Luthi and I love all things marketing, money, mindset, and helping creative entrepreneurs pursue their purpose. Nothing in life or business is perfect, but I believe in the power of taking imperfect action and showing up with grace, authenticity, and intentionality. So if you're ready to imperfectly pursue your biggest goals and build a life and business you love, there is a place for you here. Well, Kendra, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I have um, been listening to your podcast for, I don't even know how long, and we obviously recorded our interview yesterday, and now we get to chat again today. So this is so much fun. (laughs) Yay. So today we are going to be talking about building the no like trust factor. I know it's a phrase people have heard all of the time, but I'm really excited to just hear your perspective on it and hear some tips on how people can you know, build the authority in their industry. But before we dive into that topic, do you mind just telling our listeners who you are, share a little bit about your story, how you got started with business and and what you're doing now? Absolutely. Um, I'll try to give the cliff notes version, but (laughs) yes. So I actually started off as an elementary school teacher. That was my, one of my degree is in what I was planning to do for my career. And I guess about eight or nine years into teaching, I was like, you know, I need something else outside of this, something creative, something fun. So I started taking up photography and just as a hobby, my best friend and I, she had just had a baby and we were looking at her newborn photos and we were like, I think we could do this, you know, famous last words. Um, And so (laughs) 
we both kind of dove into it together and realized pretty quickly that we had different interests as far as like the type of photography we wanted to do. So we kind of did our separate things and I really loved photographing women in particular. So brides and that led into course to couples and weddings and things like that. And then branding sessions, high school seniors, boudoir, all that kind of stuff. And so I did photography. I still do photography, but it was the business I kind of started primarily. And after a couple of years, I had built a pretty decent business, but I was like, there's something missing. This just, it's not growing the way I want it to. And so I learned pretty quickly that like, I needed to learn more about business. Like it's one Mm -hmm. thing to create something. It's another thing to know how to run a business. And so I really dove headfirst into like, what does it look like to grow a business on social media? What is marketing? What is SEO? Like all those things. And when I was teaching, I taught math. And so I kind of had this like analytical brain and learning the business side of running a business was like creating a puzzle for me. Like it just, Mm. everything kind of clicked and it was really fun. I got really kind of geeked out over things like numbers and insights and like, okay, I tried this now let's try that. And so a couple of years, well, let's see, it's now been four years ago. I left my teaching job to run my photography business full-time. And I started having people asking me questions like, how, you know, what, how did you know you were ready to leave your teaching job? And what did you do to grow your business to this point that you were matching or exceeding your teaching income? And Mm -hmm. so I started kind of answering questions one-on-one with people and doing mentor sessions and then I found myself repeating the same things over and over again. And I love to talk. And so <laughs> somebody suggested I start a podcast and I was like, okay, sure. Let's start a podcast. And so I did that in 2019. I launched the girl means business podcast yeah. and really didn't have a business plan around it. Other than like, I just wanted to teach people how to build a business, teach mm-hmm. women how to build a business. And from that podcast, I've now created an entire brand around coaching women and helping them to really find like their joy in running a business beyond just the creative side of building businesses. So that's what I do now. And I still do my photography too. And I have two little kids, so it's, it's a chaos circus around here, but it's fun. Yes. And you make such a good point. You know, people, it's one thing to be the artist, to be the creator, but then to be the business owner and be the CEO is a whole other ball game. <laughs> so it I think, is, yes. yeah. And I mean, I've always, I heard this quote once and I often tell my, cl- my coaching clients, this is that you can get away with being a B grade creator. You can get away with being a B grade X, Y, Z, but you can't get away with being an A grade business owner. And I think, you know, you make such a good point about, you know, you can be so good at what you do, but if you don't actually do what it takes to do the the hard business stuff in building a business, it's very unlikely that it's going to grow. So yeah. And your story is very similar to mine. I know we were talking about this yesterday as well. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I know so many photographers that take way better pictures than I do. I mean, their, their work is incredible. It's so beautiful. And like my work is fine. I mean, it's good. Like I it's definitely improved and it, I continue to improve on it, but the people who have these gorgeous artworks of photography that should be hanging in a you know museum somewhere or in a gallery somewhere, they don't have the same like business that I have because their art is the primary. Whereas for me, the business is the primary, I, you know, kind of to what you were mm. saying, like 
you can be the best in your industry, but if you don't have the business sense to it, it's really hard to get anything, any traction. Yeah. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. I mean, myself as well, when they start a business, depending on the person, like when I started my business, as I said to you yesterday, flowers, like I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed the business side a lot more than I realized. And, you know, now I'm building a new business and education like you are as well. And it's just like, you know, the fun brainstorming thing, as you said about, you know, working out how to grow something and yeah, obviously that's not everyone. And I love how everyone is so different and we can all come to the table with different experiences and different passions, but yeah, I think our stories are very, very similar in that sense. Yes. Mm. Oh, I love that so much. So you are still juggling photography as well. I am. Yeah. 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 It's kind of, it's, 50 50 right now, but it, it has its, you know, ups and it's like any creative business. It has its wave. So yeah. 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 And I mean, obviously I have my wedding business too. And I've always thought, you know, it's, it's fun kind of being fulfilled creatively in that way. And then like being able to do education as well, but I know it gets a bit hectic. <laughs> it does. It does, but it's fun. I, I thrive in that kind of environment, whether mm-hmm. even though I'll complain about it when I'm in it, but I really do love like having the two. And I think for, it makes me, and I don't know if you feel this way. It makes me a better business coach Yeah. to have like, I like to be able to say like, I'm doing this totally. in my own business right now. So mm-hmm. I can show you that it's working as opposed to just telling you that it, you should do it, you know? Yeah. Or it's something I did like 10 years ago and things have changed so much, but you know, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Like you're definitely in the trenches with everyone and you know, you, you experienced, um, you know, COVID and what the effects that that had on your photography business as well. And yeah, I think your clients can appreciate that you are in the trenches with them. <laughs> All right. So let's dive into the topic today. So as I've said, I think a lot of people have heard this phrase, building the no lag trust factor, but can you kind of share your opinion on what this means and, and why it's so important? Yeah. So for me, like the no like, and trust, it's, it's kind of a foundation, I think, for creating like a connection with your audience. So each piece of it has its place. And I think, you know, you hear them all three together, no like, and trust. And there's a reason they all three are said together. It's, you don't hear people say like, oh, you got to build your trust factor. It's all three because they have to kind of, it's like, again, a puzzle piece. They fit together. So the no piece is very much like, do people know who you are and what you do? Like that sounds very basic, but I think that a lot of times, especially as creative business owners and solopreneurs, we tend to forget to talk about our business and tell people what we do. We kind of were like, oh, we posted one time. Everyone should know what we do. I don't want to bug people. I don't want to be annoying. And so we don't post or we don't talk about our business as much as we should. So that's the no piece. The like piece is, do they have a personal connection with you? So beyond just, do they like your product or service? Do they like you as a brand? Now your brand could be you, most of the time, or it could be like the team that you have or the brand that you've created. If you have, you know, multiple people working for you. And then the trust piece is, you know, that's where the buying comes in. That's where the client or the customer goes from being someone who's just uh, like a fan of your business to a client in your business, because Mm -hmm. now they, they know you're who you are. They like you on a personal level. They feel connected to you in some way. 
And then that trust pieces, they're like, okay, now I feel comfortable spending money with you and investing with you because I feel like that you have delivered on something you said, you provided me value, or you've shown me that other people, that social proof piece, other people are getting value from you as well. So if you don't have the no and the like, the trust won't matter. If you don't have the like, then, you know, none of it matters if they don't all three kind of work together. Mm, and I love how you said that, you know, they're, they all kind of work in tandem and they work with one another. And yeah, I love that you kind of have a, a holistic approach to to that, because as you said, you can't really have one without the others. And it doesn't matter if you have nailed two of those factors, if you're neglecting, you know, inserting that trust factor, if you're, if you think that people don't care about bits and pieces of your personal life that, that kind of build that like factor, especially if you are building a personal brand, Mm -hmm. there's a really key thing missing. Yeah. So how did you start doing this with your own business? Like take us on that journey. Is this something that you've been doing since day one or what does that look like? And when did you start kind of really getting intentional with implementing that in your own business? Yeah. I wish I could say it was from day one. I think we all (laughs) wish we could go back and say some things were from day one. I, you know, I struggled in my business for several years before really kind of finding like the things that worked. And so for me, it was, um, I had worked with a coach and it was a small group coaching program. And so she kind of taught us this concept of the no like, and trust. And honestly, I had never even heard of it before. So this Mm -hmm. was probably about four years into my business. Yeah. And so I was at a point where my business was just kind of like, it was, it had grown and then it hit a plateau and I was like, something's not clicking, like something's Mm -hmm. not working. And so she really walked us through each factor of this. So she set us down. She was like, okay, let's look at the no piece. Like how much are you really talking about your business? Are you talking about it to people you meet in person? So when you're at your kid's school and you're talking to some of the other moms, like, or when someone asks you, what do you do? Like, are you telling them what you do or are you downplaying it? And I know that a lot of it for me was, I struggled with the idea, especially when I left my teaching job, I had a lot of identity tied to being a teacher. And so when people would ask me what I did, I would say, oh, I used to be a teacher, but now I'm a photographer. And that last part I would kind of trail off on, I wasn't very confident in that. And so then they would get stuck on the fact that I used to be a teacher. And so I was downplaying this business I was creating And so I wasn't sharing, I wasn't confident in sharing what I was doing. So she really walked us through like ways to kind of create, and I don't like this term a whole lot, but like an elevator pitch or like a one-liner, like a really quick, fast way to tell people like, this is what I do. And then she talked about like, how are you sharing this different way? So I really trained my brain to look for opportunities. Like, have I talked about my offers, you know, on social media in the last week? Have I shared it with someone in person within the last week? Have I talked about it in a Facebook group? Like, have I shared, you know, in a post on a Facebook group or in a comment or something like that? So being able to find these little opportunities. And so I started with that. And then once my, you know, I kind of got my name out there, we worked on the piece where it was like, okay, now you have to put yourself out there. Now being somebody who I enjoyed photography, cause I get to be behind the camera. So the idea yeah. of putting myself in front of the camera was very intimidating. And that part took a really long time for me to get comfortable with. Mm. And so I struggled with that one a lot. And I still like, I not as much anymore, but I, I did struggle with that for a while, but it was more about learning how to share your life and not even your life, but share like who you are as a person and getting comfortable with the idea that people want 
to connect with you. Because I think we all have this idea that we're like, well, I'm not exciting enough. I'm not interesting enough. Like Mm. nobody cares what I have to say. Like, why would I want to talk about me? And the reality is like, well, that's the whole thing that social media is built around is getting to peek into the lives of just random people that are like you and me. So Yeah. Like we're all just kind of voyeurs, like wanting to watch other people's lives. I know people are so nosy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, and about like the most mundane things, you know, yeah. it's, it's not even so much about watching like these mega wealthy celebrities anymore. It's about, we really love connecting with these everyday people. Mm. And so, so I, yeah, I just kind of took each piece and like learned how to put it in place and over the years, I've just kind of tweaked, like, what does this look like in this part of my business? Or how does this factor in now in my business? And over time, it became second nature. And now I don't even think about it. It just happens within my business. And so yeah. when I started the podcast and when I started my coaching business, it was one of the first things I started implementing because I already had seen it working in my other business. Yeah. And I think especially the lack factor, I feel like that gets easier the more you do it you know, the more that you post stories of like random little behind the scenes or like telling funny stories about what happened in your day, like the more you do it, the easier it becomes. And, you know, before you know it, you're kind of just naturally doing it every day and it doesn't feel quite as forced or as exhausting. But yeah, yeah, I do think that one probably is quite tricky for people. And I think the no factor as well. I think it can it can be hard for people to be confident, as you said, about telling people about what they do. And mm-hmm. I guess like selling in a way, you know, like telling people this is what I have an offer. This is what I do. The door is open if you if you want to come and be a client. And I think I think that's something that people struggle with, too. I think the trust factor in a lot of ways is easiest because you, as you said, like you're you're putting testimonials up like you're you know, sharing client wins and things like that. I feel like in a lot of ways, it's kind of the easiest piece, but I guess it depends on the person. No, I would agree. Cause for me, like the trust piece is offering value. So it's really easy for me, you know, especially in my coaching business. Like Becca said, I started the podcast before I ever offered any kind of coaching program Mm -hmm. because I was like, I just want to share information. And so sometimes, in fact, the, the business coach I'm working with right now, she still to this day will have to remind me, she'll be like, Kendra, you need to talk about what you offer because all you're doing is sharing like information and tips yeah. and you're not, you're not telling them how they can work can with work. you. You're not asking. Yeah. yeah. So I think that it is, it is easier because also you're not having to insert yourself as much in that piece of it. It's more of like, let me just create content and put it out there as opposed mm. to let me put myself into this factor. Yeah. yeah. And such a good reminder for anyone listening to really think carefully about these three factors and maybe to think about something in particular that they want to work on a bit more. Yeah. I love it. All right. So do you have any tips? I know we've kind of touched on this already, but any specific tips on how this can kind of be done effectively on social media and through someone's website, I guess, what are some tangible things that someone could maybe add to their to-do list to start, you know, injecting this into their business. Yeah. So obviously, like you said, the more you do this, the easier it gets and the more it becomes second nature. But when you're first trying to kind of remind yourself to implement these things, one of the things that really helped me was creating like a, a kind of a content schedule for social media. And so let's just say, let's take like five days a week. So Monday through Friday, And let's say you're posting Monday through Friday. So you're like, okay, I'm going to need to build the know, like, and trust in these five days each week. So 
give yourself like a day where you build like the no, where that's like, okay, I am going to talk about my business one day a week, whether it is, I'm going to share a product I offer. I'm going to share something about a service that I provide, or I'm going to share behind the scenes of something going on. So I'm going to talk about my business one day. And then on Tuesday, I'm going to share a no piece. That's where I'm going to interject my own personal stuff. So maybe it is introducing myself. Maybe it's introducing, if you do have a team, introducing someone from your team or sharing something personal about yourself. Like, why did you start this business? Um, Mm -hmm. What's your favorite part of running your business? Like, if you don't want to infuse a lot of like your personal life, then it needs to be about your life and the business. Mm-hmm. For me personally, because my business is geared towards helping women and moms, I talk a lot about my life as a mom. I talk a lot about my kids. Yeah. I talk a lot about like just the craziness of our life. I talk about my kids' activities and things like that. And then maybe on Wednesday, that's the trust day. So on Wednesday, you share client testimonials or a client win, or you provide value of some kind. You give mm-hmm. your audience you show them, not just tell them, but you show them, here's how I can help you. Here's something you can implement right away. That's going to help them. So in the example of like a photographer, if you are photographing families, and I know one of the biggest concerns a lot of moms have when it comes to families is, you know, um, are we going to get any pictures of my kids without them like being crazy? And so maybe you give a couple tips for like how to get your kids to cooperate during a family session or how to choose matching outfits that don't, or, you know, coordinating outfits that don't break the bank, that kind of thing, things your audience wants to know. And that's how you build trust too, because that's a way for your audience to go, Oh, she's not only asking me for something, she's giving me something. Yeah. And then you just repeat this process. So then again, Thursday becomes a like or a no day. Friday becomes a like day. And then the next Monday is a trust day. So you just kind of repeat this cycle until it becomes second nature. Mm-hmm. And then you can add in things like your Instagram stories, of course, Facebook stories. Now too, you can get into things like video and using reels and, you know, all of those things. Now, when it comes to your website, one of the things I love to tell people that is a huge tip. One is make sure on your homepage, you make it very clear what you do, who you serve and how you help them. So you need to have, you know, I see a lot of photographers make this mistake of their homepage just has their logo and like a bunch of really beautiful photos. Yeah. And you only have a couple seconds for somebody to decide if they're going to, you know, want to stick around. So it's great to have a logo and great photos, but you need to have something on there that tells them this is for you and what you need. So if I'm looking for something and I come to your website, do I know that you can help me or not? And then the other thing that's really great is video is so powerful. And I know that scares a lot of people, but one of the things I started implementing is on my information pages. I just created like a short, I think they're each like a minute to two minute long video where I welcomed the people to my website. For which example, when I was shooting weddings, I had a video that was like, hey, congratulations on your engagement. I'm so excited that you're here and I cannot wait to learn more about your wedding. I would introduce myself. I would tell them a little bit about what they can expect to find on my website. And then I would be like, now scroll down below and see and let me know or something. And I would give them like a call to action, you know, scroll down to find more information and then click the contact me button. But them being able to see my face and hear my voice that made such a personal connection. And I had so many clients tell me 
that that was the thing that they loved mm-hmm. the most when they found my website. I love so that. finding little ways like that to connect with your audience makes that no like, and trust factor so much easier. And it happens so much faster than trying to like drag it out with like, okay, I'm going to put a little bit here and a little bit here and a little bit here. Just put yourself out there and, you know, find ways to make those connections. Mm, Such good tips. And I love that about the video on your website. I know it can feel so daunting, but I, I mean, I've done this in the past as well. And it is so, so effective. I think, you know, video is just a whole new level compared to a photo of yourself. Like that's great. I mean, that's like, yes. that's the bare minimum. You need to have a photo of yourself on your website, ideally a professional photo with a bit of a blurb about what you do. <laughs> but you know, if you can just find a little bit of bravery and get a videographer in, get like a one minute brand video together, it is like so powerful and it does establish a connection very, very quickly. Um, especially for someone like a photographer who is spending a lot of time with clients, especially on a wedding day. And it's important mm-hmm. for clients to be able to connect with their photographer. So yeah, I love that tip. Circling back to yeah. the social media thing, just cause I'm nosy. <laughs> is there a certain tool that you use to plan out your social media, like your strategy there? Is there an app or a calendar? Or, you know, is there something that you use visually to plan out your content? Yeah. Yes. I'm a very visual person. This is a great question. So I used to use an app called later.com mm-hmm. and it would actually publish the content for me. But what I found was that I was like, I prefer to publish it myself. And I know that like, mm. especially with, because Instagram is my platform of choice it rewards, you know, it doesn't really like to have third-party apps publishing to them. So I got rid of that. And what I do now to plan out my content is I use Asana. I don't know if you're familiar with Asana. It's similar to like Trello, ClickUp, Airtable. Yeah, they're all kind of the same. And so what I've done is I've created what I call content buckets. Mm -hmm. And so I take, I think I have five or six different content buckets. So it's basically five or six different topics that I talk about on my Instagram page. So for my coaching business, it's things like social media, uh, mindset, motivation, marketing, branding. Mm -hmm. And then I have one that's promotion. And so what I do is I go in, I want to have one for the podcast too. (laughs) And I go in and anytime I think of an idea, So let's say I'm scrolling through Instagram or a lot of times I get ideas like when I'm in the car driving somewhere Mm -hmm. and I'll be like, oh yeah, that'd be a really great idea for a post. I go in and I put it under the content bucket as an idea. Mm -hmm. And then I will kind of label it using this no like, and trust factor. I have like, you can like add labels to each of the little tabs or whatever. And I'll be like, okay, this is a great piece to help build the no factor because it's going to be about me, something in my story or this is a great piece to help build the trust factor. And so then I can kind of drag and drop those around in the order that I want to post them in. It's also a great way to help like repurpose content. Cause if I have one piece that does really, really well, I can always go back to that one and repurpose it later on. But what it helps me visually do too, is I can look and see that like, let's say for example, the no piece is color coded purple. So if I go look at my schedule in Asana, and I see a lot of purple mm-hmm. tags that tells me that I'm spending too much time posting about things that are going to build that no factor. And I need to kind of add in more of the like and the trust. So it's, it helps you me to visually see like how much time I'm spending on social media, doing each of those kinds of things. Yeah. I love that. Cause I think a lot of people kind of rely on 
their brain, <laughs> which often fails yeah. them. They often, you know, yeah. they often just go with, go with the flow and they're like, oh, I haven't really done an introductions post in like a while. And then they'll, they'll go and do one. But I love that this is very intentional, very strategic. So yeah, I love that. So in terms of the view, cause I, I use ClickUp, which is kind of the competitor mm-hmm. to Asana, but what view are you often on when you're planning your content? Like I know you can switch between, but just so yeah. I can kind of understand. I like the board view, like the, I think in Asana, it's boards, list, or calendar. Yeah. I think is the options we have. So I put mine into the boards because I like having, to me, it's almost like having sticky notes I can move around and put in different places. So I will put it in the boards view whenever I'm adding content ideas. Yeah. And then I can schedule them and I can click over to calendar and it will show it to me on in the calendar. Yeah. It's so powerful, isn't it? So those are the two. Yeah. I love it. And and for someone who is a, like I said, a visual person, that has been one of my favorite tools for my Mm -hmm. business has been using Asana. I used to use Trello too, and it was almost the exact same, but I had yeah a coach that was used Asana, so we switched over and yeah yeah. <laughs> and you just gotta find the thing that feels good for you. Yeah. Are you still yeah. planning your feed in another app, or are you not really caring too much about your feed? No, I don't care too much about my feed. It's more yeah. about like, am I providing value? Yeah. Um, yeah. The aesthetic piece, I don't worry about as much, and so I use it. And I I have the Asana app on my phone. So what I do is I kind of plan it all out in Asana, and then when I'm ready to post, all of the I have the caption, the hashtags, and the content all in that Asana. Yeah. And I can just open it on my phone, copy it, and and upload it from there. Yeah. That's so cool. I love it. Yeah. And I feel like these days the whole perfectly aesthetic feed is not as important as it was like two or three years ago. Mm -hmm. I think now people are, you know, very quick to scroll past that perfectly branded photo. (laughs) And now it's, you know, it is all about the captions and reels and Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't think, I mean, I know personally, like I kind of think about how I use social media Mm -hmm. and I don't, I very rarely go to somebody's actual feed, unless I'm looking for something in particular, it's more about like, I'll go to their reels tab or I'll go to their stories or their Mm. highlights, but it's, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to their feed unless I'm specifically looking for something that they've posted. So I kind of use that as my guiding tool of like, well, if that's how I'm using Instagram and my audience is similar to me, then I'm not going to worry too much about my feed either. Yeah. No, I love that. Okay. Such good conversations. I love it. So (laughs) How do you distinguish between building the no factor or even the like factor and then getting too personal? I know you did touch on this before about, you know, if you don't feel comfortable sharing your personal life, still being able to do that in your business and your brand. But a lot of our listeners probably are leaning on the personal brand side anyway. So yeah, do you have any thoughts on, you know, building that and then getting too personal? And then another question I had is like, your thoughts on personal brands, having an actual personal account for like their personal life where their friends and family can follow, they can share more, you know, personal moments with their kids, blah, blah, blah. Or do you think it's like appropriate to just have one account, especially if you are a personal brand? So this is something I have a coaching client right now, actually, that I'm having this conversation with because she is very reluctant to show a whole lot of herself online. And my thought on that is, is that especially if you are a, like a solopreneur or you are a personal brand, I think you need to be willing to share a decent amount of your life with Mm -hmm. your audience because your audience is going to be able to tell when you're holding things back. Now, I'm not saying you need to like show everything. Your life is not going to be like a reality show 24 (laughs) seven, but 
I think you need to kind of say like, okay, these are the things that my audience is going to relate to. So for example, me again, working with a lot with women and moms. So I do share a lot of my life with my kids. And I Mm -hmm. talk about things like the activities they go to or the things I'm doing with them. Or I talk about like the fact that like, I do this business so that I can spend time with them. Mm -hmm. Um, I talk about the struggles of like trying during the pandemic, trying to run a business while I had two kids at home, trying to do homeschool and all these things, you know, and I don't talk a whole lot about my marriage or my relationship because my husband's not on social media and he prefers not to be. And so that's like one of those boundaries where I'm like, you know, I'll talk about my side of things, but I'm not going to include him if he chooses not to. I know some people who have older children who are, have kind of expressed their, like, they had that conversation, like, do you want me to share things about you on social media? And they'll say yes or no. Mm-hmm. So I think that there are, you need to know your ideal client. You need to know like, okay, what are the connection points that I can make with my ideal mm-hmm. client? Maybe you really love finding cool coffee shops to go to. And your ideal client is also like a coffee connoisseur, a coffee person. So that could be something cool you share. Maybe it's like once a week, you do a whole story about like a cool coffee shop that you went to and you do like a little tour of it on your phone and stuff. So that's an easy way to share like your personal stuff. Mm -hmm. I like to kind of think of it like a spider web. So like if you're in the middle of the spider web and your ideal clients are the ones around the spider web, what are all the little web pieces that you can connect to your clients with? Yeah. Not in like a creepy way. Like you're not sucking them in like a spider, but, you know? <laughs> but just I like, get the what... gist of it. I get the metaphor, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, what are those things that are going to make them feel like you're somebody they would want to hang out yeah. with? Mm-hmm. But definitely I think setting boundaries too. Like again, said like, you know, if I know a lot of people who are like, I don't want my kids' faces on social media. That's totally fine. Mm-hmm. You can still share about your life being a mom without ever putting your kids on social media. Mm. So I definitely think that it's important. I think especially now with how prevalent social media is in our world and how many people are using it to build connections and to, to find people. I think if you're looking at two companies, two brands that are almost identical and someone is looking at which one they want to work with, the one that they have a personal connection with is the one they're going to go with a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. It's so yeah. true. Mm. And I don't remember what your second part of the question was. You know, if someone were to ask you, like, should I have a personal account as well as my personal brand? Um, I, I guess there's no right answer. Hey, and it's just, no, there's not. It's to me, it's more work than it's worth. (laughs) Now I'm like, I'm, I have a personal Facebook page that I occasionally post to that. I want like my family or friends to see, but yeah, I, I think I share enough of my personal life on my business page that I don't feel the need to have both. But if you're someone who is maybe like, okay, this, this compartment is for my business and this is for my personal, then you might feel better having that separate. Mm -hmm. I think it depends on the platform too. I mean, I don't think you need to have like a separate Instagram account necessarily, but again, if you want to have like a Facebook page or something like that, that's totally, I think that's totally fine. Yeah. And I keep my Facebook page pretty personal. Like I've had a few like business connections and things add me as a friend. And if I feel comfortable for them knowing different parts about my life, my personal life, like I'll probably accept them, but I don't typically accept like clients on my personal Facebook Mm -hmm. page. That's just kind of what I've thought. Like, no, that's like my little piece of my life. And that's kind of how I've done it. And then I have like my actual Facebook business page, which is different. But yeah, I think in terms of like Instagram, because I think like I get this question all the time too. And I've asked myself the question as well. Like, obviously I have a personal brand that's under my own name, 
And part of me has wondered like, oh, wow, like do people actually care about seeing, you know, bits of my personal life? Do they care about seeing behind the scenes of what I'm doing at church and things like that? And I think like the conclusion I've come to is that there's no right answer. And I think if you don't feel comfortable with like your business platform and like that audience that is existing to know certain parts about that life, like your personal life, then sure, like go and create a private account. But yeah, I think it's just whatever the person feels comfortable sharing. Yeah. Well, and I think you need to think too about like, again, how do you as a user of social media, like what are you drawn to? Mm. Like there's a, a an account that I follow who I, I love her. She's great. And she shares so much of her. I mean, like, so one of her things is she loves diet Coke. And so she will share like her going through the drive-thru and asking for a diet Coke. And they're like, sorry, we're out. And she's like, what? And then she'll go to the next one. You know? So it's like every day she has to go get the diet Coke from somewhere. And so like, that's something that's so mundane and seems a little bit silly, but like, there are people who, if she doesn't post that one day, they're like, Hey, where's your diet Coke post for the day? <laughs> and so you, I think it's really interesting to, to look at your own social media habits Like, who do you follow? Why do you follow them? Like when you go into Instagram and you see those little story bubbles pop up at the top, which one are you the most excited to click on and see what's going on? Mm -hmm. And then why is it because they're sharing about their business? Probably not. Is it because they're sharing something personal behind the scenes, fun, entertaining? That's probably what's drawing you in. Mm -hmm. And if you're interested in that, and if you're drawn into that, then your audience is probably going to want to see the same thing and are going to probably enjoy the same thing. So I think there's a connection between paying attention to your social media usage and taking note of like, why am I interested and drawn to this and then implementing it into your own strategy for your business. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I love the metaphor you used before the spider web as well. Like thinking about those connection points is yeah, is important. But I think for anyone listening, who's like, Oh, I don't really share about my kids. Like, do I have to, like, I don't think you need to feel pressured to share parts of your life that you don't want to. But yeah, I think it, it can be tricky in the whole world of social media to compare yourself to other people. You know, you see other people sharing, literally everything about their life and they're so comfortable doing so but it doesn't mean that you have to do the same but in saying that we do want to start getting a strategic about what are those connection points because as we've said building that no like trust factor is really important but you obviously still want to be comfortable with how you yeah infuse that into your brand so yeah yeah, such a good conversation Well, thank you so much so far for everything we've already talked about. I always love wrapping up the podcast with a few random questions, but yeah, everything we've talked about has been so, so valuable. And I know our listeners are probably sitting here like, oh my gosh, so much value. (laughs) So thank you. Good. But a question I always ask guests on the show is a time that they took imperfect action in their business, because obviously no one's business is perfect and perfection is just unattainable, but we'd love to hear about a time that you kind of just decided to take imperfect action and what did this look like and how did it pay off? So my biggest one I would say is, and I'm a big believer in done is better than perfect. So I take a lot of imperfect action in my business, (laughs) but the biggest one that has probably paid off the most was my podcast because I knew nothing about podcasts. I mean, I'd listened to a few before I started mine and I was a fan of some podcasts, but I wasn't like one of those people who like was obsessed with them or had mm-hmm. like, I, I was just kind of like, oh, that's a cool new thing, you know? And it really wasn't that new at the time, but I, you know, someone had suggested, I was like, sure, I'll give that a try. And so I literally recorded my first 
episode of my podcast in my closet on my iPhone, like the voice recorder app with my headphones. And it sounded awful looking back, but I was like, (laughs) you know what? I don't, I don't know if this is something that I'm really like even ready to invest in. So I'm just going to try it out and see. And I YouTubed and Googled, like, how do you get your podcast out there? I created my own like podcast art on Canva. It was not great, but the payoff was I got it out there and I started building audience. I started building a community and I started building connections and it's grown. We're starting, I guess this will be going on our third year this spring and it's been amazing and it's evolved into this thing that I absolutely love. Mm. And so I, yeah, it was one of those things where had I waited until I was probably quote unquote ready, I don't know that I would have ever actually done it. I probably would have talked myself out of it or something. (laughs) Yeah. So true. I love that. Yeah. I just think there are those moments in your life and in your business that you just like, when you have that passion, you have that desire, but then you have that little voice in the back of your mind being like, you're not ready or it's not perfect. You just got to block it out Mm -hmm. and you just got to do it. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I don't know if you have, because I don't, you don't have kids, do you? Not yet. No. Right. Okay. So there's that movie Luca. Have you seen this? The new Disney movie Luca? No. Okay. So my kids love it. And there's this scene where like Luca and the other little boy, um, I can't remember his name now, but he's there. He's trying to get Luca to like ride down the hill on this like little thing they've built. And Luca's scared. And he's like, um, you know, that voice in your head, that's Bruno. Like they give him the name Bruno and he's like, and anytime he comes up, you just go silencio Bruno. <laughs> and it's like this whole thing. It's the cutest thing. And so like, I, but it was like such, I was watching it. And I was like, oh, that is such a good like lesson to learn. Yeah. It's like that, that little voice here. Sometimes you just got to be like, stop it. I'm not listening to you today. <laughs> I love that. Now I'm just going to be like, shut up Bruno. Every time I question yes. myself. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. So some rapid fire questions to wrap us up. Favorite podcast or business book? Okay, I'll give you one of each. So my favorite business book is Building a Story Brand with Donald Miller. It uh-huh. is one of my, uh, it's one of my favorites. I listen to his podcast all the time too. Very fitting for this episode, I must say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. His book was one of those, have it on the bookshelf behind me, but it's like I've highlighted and underlined and sticky noted all these things because it just, it felt very implementable. If that's a word, like it was something you could read and take action on right away. Yeah. So I love that. And then a non-business podcast I'm obsessed with is armchair expert with Dak Shepard. It's, I just adore him personally, but he, it's like a therapy session. Every time I listen, he kind of, he interviews celebrities, but he also interviews experts in their fields. So he'll have two episodes a week. And the Thursday episodes are the ones where he interviews, like, I mean, Harvard professors and experts in different things. And it's, it's so fascinating. I learn something every single time I listen. It's really, really, it's really good. That's awesome. What was it called again? Armchair expert. So cool. I'll have to go check it out. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Okay. So favorite business tool that you're loving at the moment. Um, well, we've already talked about Asana, but that's probably still one of my favorite business yeah. tools. Um, I also use one called HoneyBook. I don't know if you're familiar with HoneyBook. Yeah, it's CRM. really big in the creative. Yeah. Yep. It's yeah. huge for creatives. It was one of those ones, those tools that came along that was like business changing because I, before that was using, this is so embarrassing, but I was literally using file folders and like (laughs) sticky notes to keep track of all of my client information. (laughs) And so once, once HoneyBook came along, I was like, I can get rid of my file folder. (laughs) It's been a game changer. It's been great. 
Yeah. Okay. And then last but not least, what are three things that are bringing you joy? Oh, so right now the weather here where I am in Texas, it is like perfect fall weather. So getting to be outdoors brings me joy. So taking my dog and going for a hike or just hanging on the back patio. And then my, both my girls play sports. So right now we're getting into the season of them playing basketball. And I love just watching them get to do something and learn something that's been really fun. And then the third thing is, I think honestly, just the people I have around me. So my family and friends, obviously, but I really love this community of like women that I get to hang out with online every day. I've made some really amazing I call my business besties. And so just Mm -hmm. having them to kind of do life with, even though it's mostly virtual, it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. I love that. Well, where can people connect with you, Kendra, from here on? I know people will be listening to this and being like, oh my gosh, I need to follow this girl. So where can people connect with you? How can they find you? How can they work with you? So I am on Instagram all the time. So you can find me at girl means business. If you want to check out my photography page, it's Paisley Lane photography on Instagram. And then my podcast is Girl Means Business. And then my home base is just girlmeansbusiness.com. So you can find all the information there. Yeah. And I highly recommend Kendra's podcast. It's great. A lot of awesome business information and inspiration. So, well, it's been so wonderful chatting. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and sharing these tips. It has been very, very valuable. So thank you so much. Of course. Thank you for having me. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss future episodes. And while you're at it, if you'd like to leave a five-star rating on iTunes, I would be so grateful. This lets me know what kind of content you're loving so that I can keep creating valuable content for you in the future. It also helps this podcast to find its way to the ears of other creatives just like you. You can check out the show notes for links to everything that was mentioned in this episode or head to my website www.sarahluthie.com for more information and some cheeky freebies. Thanks again for being here friend. I am so grateful for you and I'm cheering you on as you imperfectly pursue your purpose.